The following is a Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to the Power Cap Podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. It's the Power Cap Podcast. And now, let's go to the Spirit Street Studios. Here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Podcast from our brand new podcasting studio. Oh, it's been so long. We've been working on this forever. I hope you saw the photo that we posted uh, on Twitter and then linked that to the message boards. Uh, it's really cool. It's really cool, and it's uh, a dead room so to speak. There's no sound that travels around. It's padded walls, so uh, when I'm having a bad day, the guys will just lock me in here. Padded walls. So, a lot of the times, Fitz is going to be in here to take a nap, is what he's saying. Yeah, it also insulates outside noise, which is good, because we're on kind of a busy street. Tim Fitzgerald, that was Riley Gates. Zach Carlson standing by uh, to do Zach Carlson things. Whatever that is. What is that? I have no idea. I have no idea. But, yeah, we're in our new studios. It's the WTC gig-powered studios, and we are very happy to bring you the podcast from here. And, by the way, if you're a local podcaster and you need a place to do your thing, preferably about sports, i got to admit it, uh, hit us up and let us know. and tweet at us at gopowercat.com. And uh, we currently have the running company, Manhattan Running Company, in here doing their thing. In fact, they will follow us. And eventually we will be feeding a bunch of different sports podcasts, hopefully, to CBS Sports, which is expanding their podcast realm. Much more on that later on down the road, but that's part of the reason why we invested so much in the studio space is there's big things coming in really close on the video studio. We kind of needed to get the second studio finished to get the first studio finished, if that makes sense, because we had to get stuff out of there to get it in here and then free it up, and now we got to set lighting and all that. Zach, are you excited to have lights? I'm so happy. It's going to be really nice. We do need to get a picture up out of it, out of from that studio because it's pretty cool. I can't wait to post the uh, the before and the after because I, I still have yeah. that picture. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to shoot a new after, probably because now we got the podcast. Oh yeah, together. you make a good point. <laughs> Maybe shoot it from ah uh, before is from one side. The Better after would be from the other side, so it picks up. The well, I want to do it from this exact same angle. Like well, that's what I want to do. I actually do both, and then we can. Okay. That, then we can show the. Uh, Maybe I'll just tweet one out on my personal, and then tweet them all out on the company. Because uh, there's a wall that you cannot um, see from his angle that has a giant monitor on it, where we'll be able to do stand-ups with with video. So we're really excited about everything going on here. Not as excited as I was to see that the Fridge Wholesale Liquor is hiring. Oh? Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Summer job for Riley. Yeah, I'm telling you what, folks. If, if you're a student or uh, just a person around town, want a little part-time job, hop into the Fridge. They are hiring. I can't think. I, I don't know what the benefits plan is. I don't know if they have health care. I don't know any of that. <laughs> I know what they've got. But I like what they got around the, the environment there. Die hard on PHS. You know, uh, like, <laughs> die hard on yeah. PHS. They have had four or five people ask about that. They have no clue. What I the can't believe is. we actually got people to ask about it. 
So if you're in the fridge, ask for Die Hard on VHS and see if they have it. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure Kevin still has it in the back office somewhere stored away. Because if you if you bought out an old blockbuster, why wouldn't you keep Die Hard, the greatest Christmas movie ever, on VHS? Okay. On eBay right, eBay right now to see if I can find one. If they don't have one. Fantastic. It's great that the part-time help. Uh, and that's a good reason, if you're listening to this podcast, to apply for work there because you can be part-time help. That actually gets the joke because you'll know the joke. But we are sponsored by The Fridge, WTC, Omigo Telephone Company, which has now roared into Manhattan with incredible fiber services, is our studio sponsor. And here's the third sponsor. I know you're getting overloaded. Tanner's Bar and Grill sponsors our first segment of the podcast. Get into Tanner's. Uh, uh, right now, I kind of wish I was at Tanner's. The Royals are playing. There's nothing like a day game in a sports bar. Why well, do I agree? But why do I want to spend? You know, because let's be real. I'm gonna have a few beers and I'm gonna have a meal and everything like that. Why do I want to spend probably like thirty, forty bucks watching the Royals lose? That look. At they, least Tanner's to make it fun. They don't lose all the time. Just eighty percent of the time. Well, you may, okay, so I, so maybe it'll be the day that they win, and you'll have a very enjoyable day. I'll, Plus, they're playing the White Sox, and they suck. I'll put it this way. If I was going to watch the Royals lose, I would do it at Tanner's. It's it's a good place to watch any sports, win or lose. Get into Tanner's Bar and Grill. Do your thing there. Uh, and say hi to Jeremy and Charlie and everyone that runs that fantastic joint. We are the Powercat Podcast. We are part of the 24-7 Sports Network as GoPowerCat.com. And here are your questions from Wabash Station. From Purple Poncho Via, how many other Big 12 schools don't have a spring game? And what is the main reason for a spring game? Well, uh, he thinks it was interesting that Iowa State doesn't have one, uh, which makes sense as probably half the stadium um, in the fall is stuck riding a tractor in mid-April. <laughs> um, plus, well, I didn't know Iowa State didn't have I one. I don't know. A TCU canceled there because of injuries. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see more and more schools move away from it. The purpose was, back in the day, it was a big event before TV, before you know, internet, all the other distractions out there. Having a spring game kept people involved in your program, uh, and so it became kind of a. Whenever it's been a big tradition to have a spring game, like Nebraska or Alabama, you know more traditional football schools, people still show up, but everyone else is, come on, man, we got other things to do than watch a practice. Well, that's where I'm at on some of them, but also then you look at a school like Oklahoma who moves their spring game to Friday night to avoid weather, and you're thinking like, okay, it's already a spring game. Who's going to go on a Friday night? And then they have 50,000 people show up. 50,000 people for a spring game on a Friday night. So that's what kind of tells me like, yeah, a school like K-State a school like Iowa State that usually aren't – they're not even going to have good turnouts when they have good seasons might start to move away from it. But a school like Oklahoma, a school like Texas, like you mentioned Alabama, Nebraska, they're never going to move away from no, the spring won't. game. And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. They, I mean, it's part of their culture. It's important to their fans. Um, you know, for me, spring games are, are simply about marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're trying to push season ticket sales. You're trying to get a little momentum built for your program, and you got to do whatever you need to do to you know be effective in that area. And I don't think a spring game per se uh, is you know serving that purpose at Kansas State. It didn't under Bill Snyder, but maybe that was because uh, it was so boring. And let's let's be honest, maybe that just completely tainted people's views of spring games. Maybe Chris Kleiman would come out and the spring game would actually be competitive and fun. As Marcus Watts says, the best way to do it was what Ron Prince did and have the coordinators as head coaches and draft players. 
I think it's pretty cool. It was a cool way to do it. It was kind of intriguing. You could actually do it now, streaming on Facebook and other things, mm-hmm. which would be make people kind of excited and pick their team they wanted to root for, and they could wear their purple or their white uh, to the game. I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the way to do it. But Chris Kleiman is not a fan. Right. Uh, he said that on the record. I'm not a fan. I think you're better served. You get 15 practices. Use the 15 practices. However, the spring showcase, I don't think we'll see the same thing next year. I think we'll see a hybrid maybe, maybe half. I kind of enjoyed the drills, actually, with the coaches talking. I, I actually kind of it's enjoyed fine. it. But, you know, we get to hear from the coaches, but I thought it was cool for the fans. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no doubt for the fans. And then, uh, uh, you know, I I think maybe half of a football game would be more than enough for most Look, people. we've long said that Ron Prince did it right, okay? <laughs> he did it right. <laughs> he did regular season game intros right. He did the spring game right. I mean, yell at the man all you want for everything he did wrong for K-State and K-State football. He did the spring game right. He did spring. Well, they had a carnival. And it was a damn fun carnival. They were supposed to have the Goo Goo Dolls. They were supposed to have the Goo Goo Dolls. Sad. Matt Walters has never recovered from that. (laughs) It's his favorite band of all time. Poor guy. I think it's funny how that got canceled. Wasn't it compliance stuff? Was that Uh, what it was? No, I think the the, uh, promoter. Went under. Oh, okay. Because it was, a, I mean, it was a series of concerts all across the country. Right. I was 12. I wasn't going to the concert regardless. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls is one of those bands I'm like, uh, I think I'd recognize their music. I know I'd recognize some songs, but for the most part, I'm not going to the concert. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Here we go. Next question. From Canelio, I know you guys don't care for them in general, but if the three of you were put in charge of organizing a spring game in Manhattan, tell me how you'd construct it. I just did, kind of. I mean, I do think that's a good idea. Um, or just screw it. Do ones and ones. Do do ones against ones? Okay, you did it. Well, uh, they had, I mean. Their ones are kind of twos. Let's <laughs> be honest. Well, K-State almost lost to those twos last year, so <laughs> maybe we should bump the brakes. Um, I'd make, I mean, I'd make it more interesting on the field, whether it is ones versus ones or whether it is a draft. Um, I, K-State was moving in the right direction this year with the fan interaction stuff, the activities, things like that. They took it a little far. The science thing was a flop, and I didn't even go to it. Like, I just know it was a flop because of what they showed on the video board. Um, the bowl trophies were probably cool, but it was on the east side, so I didn't get to see. Well, I, I didn't see them. I didn't see if other people went over to see them. Find the perfect balance between this year's fan interaction and the carnival fan interaction. I don't know what that is. I don't have the answer for it. But make it an event because nobody's coming to tailgate. Nobody's coming. I mean, some people will tailgate. Nobody's coming to have the big event. But I tell you what, that gear sale, holy crap, that was such a good turnout for the gear sale. They should do that every week. <laughs> they probably run out of gear. Yeah. Maybe just make gear and then <laughs> have a sale. making it. That's the stuff we found laying around. It's brand new gear. You're selling it at, at regular prices. Yeah, Skyler Thompson doesn't have a football jersey for the game because they sold it. I'm sorry, Sky. We could make some money off it, so we sold that. You're going to have to wear a different They should do it every year, though. It was an incredible thing. They made money, I'm sure. I mean. Well, one of the things I'd like to see them do is what Kansas did, and they actually got this right. They forced everyone onto one side. They, you know, it actually, they had photos. Wow, a lot of people showed up. Three quarters of the stadium were completely empty, but they forced everyone into the one side. It looked like a high school game, which is not the first time that's happened. Uh, They have in the past when there's been, like, construction. Oh. Like, when they were redoing the west side and then, I think, some stuff on the east side. Well, I think they they didn't let anyone into the 
I think you could get into the south, or excuse me, the north end zone and the... Yeah. Which I understand. I mean, but not the south. The south end zone was, was shut off. Shut off. Like I said, I would probably do a draft. I would probably do a half of a football game and do other things during the rest of the time. Um, but I, I don't know. I, <clears throat> I told him this. I would have contests with the players. I'd run 40s. I'd run. I'd have quarterbacks throwing contests, and then have other players do throwing contests. I'd do the same thing with punters, do punting and place kicking, and then have other players do it. Uh, just and, and you know different combine things, not just the forty. Maybe do the shuttle, do some of those things. Uh, I think uh, doing combine type things are actually more interesting than just regular drills, uh, or just put a complete stop to it and use the practice. Go. Shut her down, have a 15th practice, have a press conference following spring football, and call it good. One of the two. But I, I, don't think this, I don't think the culture of Kansas State football will accept a full scrimmage ever again because Bill Snyder just kind of he poisoned the well. I, it was awful to watch, and I don't think fans are going to invest their time in it. I always liked what Oklahoma did. I don't know if they still do it, but they used to do offense versus defense, and then defense scored points for sacks, interceptions, fumbles, fourth down holds, you know, whatever. That's but fun. like, it, it makes it fun. You can gotta keep track. Is you gotta, the thing. yeah. You can modify the rules yeah. of the game of football to make something fun and, enter- and entertaining that you're not going to show much and you're not going to get hurt. You know. I noticed Alabama adapted the. Uh, Steak and then the beanies and weenies meals. I like that a lot. I thought that was another Rod yeah, Prince thing they did. Well. Yeah, they have they have taken that on. I'm telling you, Rod Prince, spring football game extraordinaire. Rod Prince, visionary <laughs> and total jerk. From Powercat Ryan, after seeing some open practices and a brief scrimmage, what positions do you feel have the most talent, and what positions need the most immediate attention? The defensive line absolutely has is one of the, if not the most talented positions across the board, just because of depth, because of experience, um, and that experience goes a long way. Uh, you can say all you want about talent, um, you know, how talented is a guy like Joe Davies or like Jordan Mitty, and I'll allow you to have that argument, but you cannot replace experience. And um, so, so you got to go go with that. But uh, I also think the wide receivers, obviously we've talked at length about the wide receivers this year, um, but the wide receivers have stupid depth. Yeah. Wyking Gill got, what was it, 70 yards or something like that? I don't Whatever long that pass was. And he's going to be the fourth best option at best. That's crazy. No, they're they're good. I mean, you got Shown, you got Ryzen, you'll have Zuper back. Um, that'll probably be your main three, and then yeah, you got Gill, and you keep going, man. I mean, you've got a long list of players there that Sebastian uh, Taylor seems to be getting more traction with this coaching staff than the last one. So I, I'm really really excited. Was there a question about the lack? Was it was it a two part or was it just the most talented? I'm sorry, I forgot. What needs the most immediate attention? Okay, running back. I'm running, running back. back like it. This is this is a mess. I mean, it's pretty telling when Chris Kleiman says we got some freshmen coming in that we think will be able to help. So, oof, oof. I, I think Gilbert's the only guy you're going to see on the field on a really? regular basis. Maybe Trotter a little bit, but I, I I've th- been more impressed with Trotter. I, I I think when it comes down to it, it you know you're going to go with the experience there, and uh, we'll see. I think Trotter will get. Look, they played four guys last season at, at 
North Dakota State. They'll do that when, when they don't have a dude. They've had a dude before uh, up there, but I think we're going to see that. We're going to see about four guys. I'm Gilbert and Trotter probably be two of them. I guess Burns could get involved in that again, uh, but he's kind of taking a year off isn't isn't easy, I know, because I've taken about 20 years off. <laughs> it's just not good for you. So I, I, running back's a real concern for me. I'll be honest, the linebacker spot is scary to me now. Yeah, yeah. You lose Justin Hughes and – you lose talent, you lose a leader, you lose depth, because now now Daquan Patton or Elijah Sullivan is the number one or the number two and not the number three or the number, you know. You, just, you, you have to start digging deeper. And well, like, I think Sullivan was the backup. Now he's going to move back in, ironically. <laughs> you know, Hughes took his spot after Sullivan got injured. Uh, they're really only using two linebackers. They, they are in a nickel. The, the You know, when they, when they call the nickel – Essentially, the same linebacker. You know what they're doing. They're they're running a a four three, but with a nickel, so they're in a, a nickel. It's it's very interesting. I think you might see some guys shuffle around. I really do, or some late additions that maybe they'll find someone they like and they'll bring them in. From Purple Poncho Villa, how shocked would you be to see Skyler just light it up this fall with a full arsenal of wide receivers that were not good enough last year? Kids confident. Well, I think he feels really good about himself and where he fits into this office. 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 <laughs> Offense. Um, you got to have a running game to complement it. Though this, this offense is based on balance. It's very Snyder-like in that. You're going to see some principles. If you were one that wanted to throw the ball 95% of the time, you're going to be disappointed. If you're all about flash over substance, you're going to be disappointed. This offense is substance, and part of that substance is running the ball. So they're going to have to have that complement to free him up to throw the ball. But if that happens, I think he's in for a big season. I think he's going to surprise people. I just feel like I feel like he's going to have a connection with Hunter Risen, and I don't. I hate putting this much pressure on Hunter Risen because we did it with Carlos Strickland, and it didn't pan out. And you know we've done it with a little bit Sebastian Taylor, and so far it hasn't been any kids young. Whatever. I just feel like every every I guess Byron Pringle to an extent, and it took him a while to get going. I feel like we always see a receiver, and we look at him, and we say, "Holy cow!" Like. You know they're going to be clicking. They're going to be going. This is going to be special, and then take some while to get going. So I hate to sit here and continue to just pile on the Hunter Rise and praise, and and set this bar unreasonably high for him because I think it's a little bit unfair to a kid that hasn't played football in what two years now. But I think there's something there, and I feel like if you have a guy, you're going to be in a lot better shape. He's had some guys over the last few years. You know he's had Isaiah Zuber. And Dalton Schoen's been a very consistent receiver, but he hasn't had a go-to guy. He hasn't had a guy that can just go up and get the ball. And I think the Hunter Ryzen can do that, and I think that that's going to take a lot of pressure off of Skyler. I agree. From I Like Pickles Cat, we have heard several times that Kleiman doesn't view this job as a rebuild. Do you see that as true? Yeah. I think in some ways he means that. In other ways he's being uh, optimistic for the fan base. I think he recognizes that there are some very good players on this football team. There are some elements that, with which they can be competitive right away. There's just not enough. It gets back into the concern that always K-State football, at least in Snyder 2.0, ran into. They had a good front line. They could play with anyone. They can compete. Then injury started, and they just didn't have enough dudes. And we saw that last year when they got into injuries. You could see a drop-off. So there's not enough guys. The real thing they need to rebuild is the depth of this program. They need those guys that are trying to earn playing time really to be 
good enough to play. They just can't get past the, the better players in front of them. That's what great programs do. That's what, you know, pretty good programs do. You see injuries, they plug someone else in. Maybe there's a drop-off, but not so much that it's going to end up in losing a game. We saw that happen in 2012 at Baylor. One Injury and it was such a dramatic drop off. And granted, it, it happened with you know Ty Zimmerman was replaced by Dante Barnett, a guy that ended up being a great <laughs> football player, but he wasn't ready at the time. They needed a bridge in between them, uh, and I, I think that's what he recognizes. We got some dudes. We really have some dudes. We got a quarterback. We had a we had a real leader at linebacker. Unfortunately, Justin Hughes got hurt. Um, they they feel good about their leadership. They've got some real natural leaders. They got guys that work hard. They just don't have enough depth. And my gut instinct is we're going to see that 105-man roster shuffled. And I think I mentioned this earlier in an earlier podcast. I think we're going to see some guys that have been had preferred walk-on status or were, you know, guys that were on scholarship just kind of disappear over the summer as the rebuild starts. you got to open up space for, for new bodies. I mean, I think – it, yes, in terms of that, it could be considered a rebuild. But I also don't think he's coming into this year and saying, eh, I'm probably not going to go to a bowl game. I think he's expecting to go to a bowl yeah, game. Yeah. Like, so to an extent, yes, I think he could see it a rebuild in a way that fits. Kind of mentioned some reasons there. But I don't – you know, somebody said a couple weeks ago to me and asked me, do you think he's setting the bar low – Intentionally, that way he can underachieve and and kind of have a bad first year. And I don't know. He's no. not expecting I've, to go twelve and zero. But I haven't picked up any of that. I, no. He expects this team to look. He just needs six wins to go to a bowl game. It's not that hard. To no, get. it's no. really not. <clears throat> I mean, they've got to win those two non-conference games at home. And well, hey, we'll get into that next and, question. So it's you know it, the bars you know passable, uh, and I think he believes this team's good enough to get to a bowl game. But contend for a Big 12 title? No, it's not ready to do that. It wouldn't have been ready to do that with Bill Snyder. I've said I said it last year. The talent pool was dwindling under Coach Snyder. His reluctance to recruit slowly was eroding the foundation of what he had built, and it finally kind of hit the tipping point. And it was literally a tipping point. You know, just one drive difference between going to a bowl and not going to a bowl. But that's how precarious it had become under coach. And unfortunately, that's just a reality. They had gotten themselves into a position where they just didn't have enough dudes. And and the, the pool had wound down to about as shallow as you could have and get by. Well, that's what's been inherited. They're trying to refill that pool as quickly as possible, but uh, look, I think if they get to seven wins next year, I'll be pretty happy, and anything above that, I'll be overjoyed. From Wildcat Wabash, last question of the first half, what is your way, way too early record prediction for next year? I didn't want to go through the schedule if you want to. I I didn't want to do this, but you know, I did the way too early Big 12 basketball projection, so I think we can do this. I think we can do this. Nichols. Let's go game by game. That's a win. Bowling Green. Win. At Mississippi State. Loss. Loss. That is a huge game. If they win. If they win, the pendulum swings. Like, Chris yeah. Kleiman has a rocket on his back because if they win. I mean, let's, uh, Mississippi State's going to have a new quarterback. They're going to be in some rebuild um, that maybe they didn't go through in the first year of their coach. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm kind of – he knows how to go pull the upset. We know that. Yeah. We know that that's, for sure. That is, that's kind of what I'm a little – little iffy about you know I, I think that mississippi state could look at him and go killed him last year there yep, exactly got a new coach who cares here we go then at oklahoma state well i'll, I'll say loss 
They don't. They got a new quarterback. I know. I think they can win that one. So rally, you're at three. I mean, if if I'm going, yeah, I'll, I'll okay. say three. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll keep yeah. two. Uh, home against Baylor. Win. Win. I think Baylor was an aberration. I don't think Baylor's. I think they're fine. I don't think they're, they're fine. Gonna... They're just gonna be okay. Uh, home against TCU. I'm gonna say win. Only because it's at home. What if Alex Stilton comes in here and just lights it up? I'm talking like 400 yards. I love the kid, but he won't. Yeah, he won't. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go win. So we're at five and one, <laughs> Riley. Yeah, and Fitz here at four and two. Okay, it's a favorable start to conference it play. It really is. Yeah. Uh, then home against OU. Loss. Loss. Uh, loss. Uh, then you go at KU. Win. win. At Texas. Loss. loss. Home against West Virginia. New coach. They're very. I gotta similar. see who they bring in as a co- as a quarterback. Who are they gonna put out there? I don't know. Maybe they have one. Okay, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say loss only because they'll win either TC or West Virginia. Yeah, and I need to give another loss on this schedule before I end up predicting ten and two, so or something like so nine and three. At, so I'm going to go you're at six. Yeah, and, I'm going to go six and four. And six and, five and four. And five. Uh, at Texas Tech, I think they win. I think that's a game they're going to steal on the road. I, I do too. I think they're going to have some real adjustment problems down there. Yeah, I'll go win. And then home against Iowa State. Mm. That's a program that's moving in the right direction, and I like the way they're moving. But I feel like last year K-State was still better than them, and they played god-awful. But I don't want to predict them to go 8-4. and four. <laughs> Well, here we are. I'm going to do it. It's, the way, it's, it's April 17th. Nobody's going to remember this in a week, or maybe they will. Oh, bull. Yeah, that's right. Everybody, uh, you're, one of your haters is going to write this down, <laughs> and, and if they go eight and four, he won't say a word. But the second they go seven and five, you suck, man. If they go nine and three, I will have not had enough faith in the program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why did you underestimate? I'm going to say I'll say eight and four. I, you know, I screw it. I usually want to go through each win, each game, and but honestly, I don't know enough about. K-State or the opponents at this point that I feel like comfortably do that. Kind of need a summer to digest everything. I'll say win here only because I do think they'll win seven games. So maybe going game by game, I'm not specifically getting those right those games right, but I think they will be 7-5 and five at the end of the regular season, and we will be heading back to the Cactus slash Doritos Cheese slash Crabbit Crabby Bowl. Who do we think is going to sponsor Cheez- him next year? I think Cheez-It's on board. Oh, God. I do not want to go to that bowl game ever again. I We could golf. Look. We could golf. I'm I'm tired of the bowl games that they've got contracted. How does every other conference this last year reassign multiple bowl games? And the Big 12 says, we're going to stick. Yeah. We're going to stay put. Everyone else traded this year. This Las Vegas Bowl thing really has me upset. And I understand that maybe the Las Vegas Bowl didn't want the Big 12. I get that, but that opened up other things, you know, some pieces moved around, and they just said, oh, we're fine, we're fine. That Cheez-It Bowl is a piece of crap. It is the stepchild of the Fiesta Bowl, and they, some ways they do a good job, in other ways they just kind of... I feel like we're treated lesser when we cover the the Cheez-It Bowl. Oh, yeah, absolutely, you should be, but that's part of the problem. It's not a big deal to the community. They're like, oh, you know, I kind of feel like we're you're the JV game. The crowd's there. It's the undercard. Right. 
but nobody really cares about you. Um, I don't know. I just, I think, I think there's other opportunities out there. You know, you know how I feel about Las Vegas and not getting into the Las Vegas bowl hurt an awful lot. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I remain bewildered by the lack of vision of the leadership of this conference. They always seem to just be, oh, well, we're okay. It's okay. We don't, let's not change. Let's not, that, no, let's not do that. No, let's not expand. Oh, okay, we lost two teams. We'll just add one. Well, okay, we'll, we'll just stick with the bowls we have. And honestly, you know what? The, what is it, the camping bowl? Camping, camping world, world bowl. Uh, screw that thing, man. I mean, I know it's considered a good bowl, but. It's the only bowl K-State hasn't been to. Of the current lineup. A, I, I know there's some allure, of the, and I think it's an old-school allure of going to play in Florida. I, I I get that, but, again, that's not a bowl. People are like, oh, I want to go to the camping bowl. I mean, you know, we, 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 we're told we can't have more teams and playoffs. We can't have playoffs because the how important the bowls are. They're named the Cheez-It Bowl and the Camping World Bowl. I mean, come on, who cares at that point? When you When you completely compromise who you are over over that then there's not a real tradition with it I, I don't know but that's what i think will happen they'll end up back in arizona fans will go oh no we really want to go back to arizona but we'll see we'll see if chris Kleiman and the staff light a fire under the fan base that honestly has uh been dwindling has kind of turned to a smolder people who are tired of of the same old, same old, and, and unfortunately going 7-5 and, and end up in the cheez Bowl would feel like the same old, same old. We'll see how that lands, but that's where I see this program going in 2019, but that's upward. That's upward from 5-7. and seven. That's the first half of the Powercat Podcast brought to you by French Hill Selector. We were brought to you by Tanners uh, in the first half, and we'll be back right after this break with more of the Powercat Podcast straight from the WTC Gig Powered Studios. The Power Camp Podcast continues shortly. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus their back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. We now return to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor from our new studio, our podcasting studio, one of the two WTC Gig Powered Studios. And this segment's brought to you by the High Low. Man, we keep eating lunch there. That's yeah, so we got Oh, my God. 
I I, so last week I was batching it. The wife was on a business trip for five days. I was batching it. <laughs> he mentioned it last week, and it's just so. Odd. Uh, what you never heard that phrase? I never heard it? batching it. Yeah. Oh, you guys are such kids. Anyhow, uh, the wife's out of town, and you know that used to mean uh, debauchery. Now it means I get to hang out with the dogs more. So, but we went to the high low after last week's podcast, and we all had some delicious food. And I ordered a slice of mac and cheese and a large pizza for lunch. And I took that pizza home, most of it, and ate it throughout the time. It was wonderful. Zach and I were contemplating. I, I Look, I love all their pizza, and I could eat so much of it. But if you eat two slices at the high-low, you're going you're gonna to feel pretty miserable because it's a lot yeah. of food. So I've, I was toying with the idea of getting two slices, and I said, screw it. I'm going to get two slices. And then Zach said, I'm going to do something different. And so Zach proceeds to get a slice of pizza and some cheese bricks, right? Solid move. And so I went, okay, that's great. I could have a slice of pizza I'm going to have a little extra food, but it's not going to be too much. You know, it's going to be good amount. It's not quite a full slice. Guys, it was, it was Way so much, too food. much food. It was so much food. When you both ordered, I'm like, you, sh- you guys sure you don't want to split an order? We should have done that. Yeah. Should have done it. Split an order of pepperoni bricks, and then we can get mac and cheese pizza. You can get meat. You can get the good pizza. Well, now, Zach's not going to have mac and I cheese am, pizza for I a while. I am taking a hiatus for mac and cheese pizza following... Um, the early morning hours of Night of Sunday. debauchery. Night of debauchery. Um, yeah, I. It it did not go out the proper end the next morning. Oh, thanks, pal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, how that's a mac and cheese products after uh, a night out in Aggieville for me are over two in the last. I just lo- I just like how he's blaming the mac and cheese and not the fact that he. I consumed I think, a little too much. I think I'm onto something, though. I don't think you are at all. Well, lovely. That's I a ringing just, endorsement for our sponsor. <laughs> I think you're just not. I just don't think you're very well trained. Look, I, but I gotta. I'll just say this: if it's you, okay if, to call me a lightweight. If it's you're okay. going to uh, throw up what you drank, uh, you should also make sure you eat things with uh, that'll be okay coming back up. Like you don't want any sharp corners. You don't want any, like, really aggressive flavors. I feel like mac and cheese is not bad. It's not good. Okay. One time I, uh, when I was much younger, I ate a bunch of sweet tarts, and then I ended up with the flu, and I threw up sweet tarts, and it was actually like, hey, this is the way to go. <laughs> I don't know how we get on this. Here we go. Uh, questions from Wabash Station. We're going to kind of – the river's going to wind a little bit in the second half here. Start a little football, get into some basketball. I think we'll probably get into some skeet shooting and some rodeo. Nice. Oh, wow. I, I don't feel like that's true. Okay. But we'll, we'll start with football. Sources say. Here we go. Zach Carlson, your questions from Wildfire Station on the Powercat Podcast. From Powercat Ryan, are we as fans overreacting to K-State not hitting some of the top ten in-state recruits? Mm. Well, I'm going to say... Being disappointed is fine, but it's not the end of the world. It's the end of the it's the end of the world if you're losing them to Kansas. All right, you got a kid that when I saw he was visiting Nebraska earlier, and I'm like, oh, Cochran's going to Nebraska. I just sensed it. Losing a dude to Iowa State that stings. 
But there's a lot of talent in Kansas and the Kansas City metro area this year. And as they've proven with some recruiting gets here as of late, they, they're casting a wide net. They're, you know, they, they want to get guys in state, but they're working outward from there and they're finding dudes. They'll go find guys. Don't worry. This staff will recruit much better than the previous staff simply out of effort. I think it's just, to me, it's not, it's not like basketball where, you know, Perry Ellis goes to Kansas or, um, uh, the one kid goes to Loyal. Well, he didn't go to Loyal, uh, Custer. Thank blanked on his name. Went to Iowa State to start, and then went to Loyola and and took him to the Final Four and and things like that. It's not like that to me because there's more options all across the board, um, and you're expanding into new territories. You know, you've never tapped into California and Hawaii and those the Samoan guys, and and you've never really had some of the the resources that some of these other coaches have had and, and maybe their, their connections in, in different parts of the, the country. Football is a big recruiting game. Recruiting classes are huge. There's so many people. And, yeah, it hurts to lose in-state guys that you've been working on for a really long time that are 60 miles away or 90 miles away, whatever, and, and they're not only going somewhere, they're going, like you said, Iowa State, or they're going to Nebraska, a school you don't like. I get the hate or the uh, being upset about that. But to me, it's not the end of the world. It's not like they put all their eggs in these baskets and and signing day is tomorrow. You know, I, I think that you've got plenty of times, uh, plenty of time left to go out and and find somebody else that you can fill those holes with. So I'm, I'm not panicking yet. I would say I'm a little disappointed in some of them, but plenty of fish in the sea. Yes. They don't don't worry about. It. I mean, look, there's. They didn't sign. They committed. That too. They didn't sign. They committed. And let's just say it. Everyone in Nebraska thinks okay. Season two under Scott Frost, everything's okay. He started to solve things. What if not? What if they kind of come out and struggle a little bit again? What if What if uh, Matt Campbell finally gets the call that he needs? Although he did just get extended. So that I would like happen. to announce that I am. Oh, reopening my recruitment. No interviews at this time. So, yeah, I, it's not over. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe those kids have their doors shut to everything else. But there's a lot of talent out there, and they are casting a wider net. They're digging, digging, digging. They are putting so much more energy into recruiting. There's no way that this recruiting class won't help rebuild the depth. And, and let's be really blunt here. K-State would get some good players under Bill Snyder. But they would also sign a lot of players that would be here and gone mm -hmm. that you would never remember they were around if I said their name. So it, uh, that's really what it's about to me. They need to get some headliners, yeah, some playmakers. But the other guys they need, they need as much depth out of the recruiting class as they can possibly find. From Also from PowerCat Ryan, are coaches using the, today's NCAA transfer portal basically the same way Snyder 1.0 used the JUCO Recruiting, it's I see analogy. Yeah, it it changes so much of the game because it, a, a kid that you didn't think you wanted the first time around, or a kid you weren't that interested in the first time around, uh, wasn't interested in you. It, it's totally different now. You've seen him play at this level. You know that you actually might want him. And and oh, there's some different changes along here and there. It's been two three years. We can go pick this kid out of the transfer portal. The transfer portal is fascinating to me it's just it's like a 
It's like a pool that you just get to pick from. It's like uh, Tinder for Yeah, it's recruiting. like Tinder. Awesome. Holy crap. It is. It, you know what? It's one of the best things for student athletes that I've come across in a long, long time. But it's not good for programs. And, and so now we're seeing on the basketball side a movement to, to restrict it. It's a headache for me. I hate following the transfer portal, man. Well, look, it's good for student athletes. I, I am firm on this. They owe you nothing as a university. They got their damn degree. And if they did it in four years, you had a four-year window to play them, but you didn't. You redshirted them. They got their degree. It is their college football career. It didn't belong to the schools. Uh, I know it causes problems for kids transferring, and it leaves the program in a lurch. I get that. But why do they want to leave you? Maybe you should ask that question. Maybe you know. Maybe they're transferring up. Maybe they're transferring down. Doesn't matter. What Alex Delton did from Kansas State's perspective hurts. He was going to go to UTEP. Everyone's like, oh, good for him. He'll play a lot. Then he goes to TCU. Oh, that sucks. It's good for Alex Delton. He has his degree from Kansas State University. He gave the university four years. He played three. He's got a degree, and he's got another year of eligibility. Damn it, let him go play where he wants to go play. His obligation to Kansas State, in my view, was done. It's his career. It doesn't belong to the university or the NCAA. And if they start restricting on the basketball side, which is what they're talking about, uh, then it's going to get – it's. It's going to be really unfortunate. It'll be another ironclad indication to me that all this crap the NCAA promotes about student-athletes is just crap. It's about TV money and about being good for their power schools and making as much money off these kids as possible. Uh, you know, if they get their degree along the course, that's great. We're going to, we're going to talk about that a lot. But really, we don't, we don't care if they want to, you know, if it's inconvenient for us, that doesn't matter. We, we don't, we, we're not going to let them transfer. And there's a movement to restrict it in basketball. Why not every sport? Why just basketball? Oh, but when but when you get the transfer, by the way, then it's okay. Oh, we got Hunter Rising out of the transfer market. That's, that's a great addition. Well, that was just a transfer, not not a well, grad transfer. I get that, but transfer portal is yeah. open to everybody. Yeah. Uh, from Purple Poncho Villa, buy or sell K-State football recruiting is just fine given where we are at today. Buy. Oh, buy. Buy. Yeah. <laughs> I would have sold it last year. They last hit. year on this podcast, heading into net last season, I would have sold. Yeah. I knew the program was eroding slowly. I, I could see it. I couldn't make people understand it. I mean, if you're a true believer, you were a true believer. But I, I think by now, will they ever be back to? I'm mean, sitting here in our new studio, staring at photos of Sproles and Newman and, and Semino. We got a bunch of images of the greatest players since we started our company in '98, football and basketball. I don't know if they'll ever get to that level, but maybe. He's used to being at that level. Granted, at a lower, you know, lower program, but it's going to take a. It, that's something that's not going to happen overnight. They're going to have to stair step it up. And then finally start landing those guys. But if you can go out and find a bunch of Wyatt Huberts, you're going to play pretty close to that level because that dude is legit. Dude is huge. He's huge. He's fast. Uh, I'm also buying it because you missed on two. <laughs> you missed on two players. Yeah. And there'll be more. You're not yeah, going to get everyone. You're going to miss on some kids in football recruiting. Is anybody 
selling Kansas State basketball recruiting right now because they didn't get some of the big ones they were after in, in 18 and 19. Like, no, you're not happy about it, but you're certainly not selling because you feel pretty comfortable about some other additions you added. It, one player, two players don't make a class. Hell, those kids might be flops for all you know. There was a kid from, uh, I think, Hiawatha a few years ago. Went to Nebraska. Went to Nebraska. You've hardly heard a word out of him. Yeah, he was. Things are okay. It's gonna be okay. It's it'll work out. And and uh, like I said, it's not over. Uh, but just calm down, calm down. There's um, a lot of players out there in football. I'm looking at Jordy Nelson. Talk to me about his recruitment. He turned out okay. There's dudes out there. Kids, football more than basketball. Kids develop at different paces and some kids don't blow up into the physical specimens you need to be to play college football maybe until their freshman year of college they so they don't look particularly great in high school but then you know you see something about them and they and they develop so I'm, I'm not too worked up i was disappointed i'll just say this this whole pipe dream of everyone playing together we're all going to get to all the players and we're going to play together that's like hey guys we're going to go uh we're going to Go out and do some fishing this weekend. You know, are you all in? Yeah, I'm in. And then Friday afternoon, and I can't go. My girlfriend called. It's just she doesn't want me to go. I mean, that's essentially what's happening. We found something better, you know. I know I wanted to play with all you guys, but Nebraska called. I'm going to go there. See ya. Boom. That's that's what's happened. From KSU Thrill, are there any concerns with Coach Frazier leaving? Um, no, yeah, we switched basketball. Um, <laughs> I was like, who's my brain, Coach my brain just um, never heard of the guy. <laughs> Frazier, <laughs> never met her. Um, no, I, look, I, I think that there are some concerns in terms of, well, I mean, just first and foremost, you, you lose your, your core. I, that was one of the things that I've found most fascinating about this, this staff. And <laughs> coincidentally, I was going to write a story on it here in a week or two was, how they have success at so many levels, and yet they never lose anybody. Um, and then, you know, well, this happens. But I don't know and if you're looking at this too right now, but this, okay, so I think Chester Frazier is a good recruiter. I think he has the energy to relate to kids. I think he can go out and sell a program better than somebody that's older. But the results kind of speak for themselves. The results do speak for themselves. And look, he got Kamau and Barry, and that, that was program changing. That's great. But if you're a recruiter, you better be adding a piece or two every year that you know, that is going to lend itself to the program moving forward. Nigel Johnson, Javon Thomas, Neville Fincher, Isaiah Maurice, Brian Patrick, Cardi Jada, James Love, Mike McGurl. Those were these other recruits. And Justin Edwards Neville is on this list, Fincher. but he was a transfer, so I don't count him. That's a lot of trash. There's a few good players in there. There's you know, Jada and my girl's okay. That's a lot of junk that ran through the program because they were misevaluated. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think they can do better. I think he served his purpose. Landon, Cam, and Barry cannot be uh, underestimated what it meant. But, you know. It is what it is. They'll hire someone new, and hopefully they'll go out and they'll have that gift of seeing what makes those kids great on a more consistent basis. Or maybe they'll be able to go get the really proven players 
and beat some people out because Kansas State basketball should be getting a higher level of recruit than it is. Well, I think we're going to touch on this here in a second, but just I'm not so concerned about Chester leaving. I'm concerned about who they add. Who do you get to replace them because you can easily fill this void? There's a lot of dudes out there. Uh, by the way, that list was from Ryan Wallace. He did the research on that, and, and he also did much of the research along with you on the hot board of assistant coaches, which we put up for potential assistant coaches. For our I feel pretty people. good about that. Uh, yeah, here's the question. If you talk to people close to the program, they feel like Bruce Weber is nearing retirement. Two years? Nah, maybe three Probably four. This would be his last group, but he's in the final stages. He's not. He's not going to be a Snyder and go into his seventies. He's going to go off and enjoy life. Maybe he'll be a Snyder, and when it gets near, he'll go. No, what am I going to do? You know, he he loves to go recruit and coach basketball. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So maybe when it comes down to it, he'll decide to stay. But I think that makes it difficult, and I think this played a role in Chester Fraser leaving. That knowing that eventually your boss is going to retire, and then what happens to you? So he hopped on board at Virginia Tech with a new coach and new staff. That gives you at least three years, but maybe a lot longer. Uh, and maybe it opens up doors to something else if that doesn't work. So I think that was a reality. And then replacing him also becomes a problem. Does someone want to hop on board here? Uh, are you going to catch a rising star like D. Brown? And he, does he want to come in and, and then have coach retire on him? And then probably the program moves outside? I don't know. I think they'll probably just recycle someone. That's my guess. They'll recycle someone that is comfortable with with that needs the job right now and was happy even if there's a risk long-term to it. From... Did you lose a place there, buddy? Uh -huh. Yep, sorry. Uh -huh. <laughs> From AZCAT05, what qualities would you like to see in the coach that replaces Frazier? What does this staff need? You need a young and an energetic guy. I'm not saying you have to find Chester Frazier 2.0, but let's look at the facts. Bruce Weber is old. Chris Lowry is older. Brad Korn is young-ish, but he's not a very energetic guy. He's pretty mellow. He's pretty basic. He's got a head coach vibe to him. Yes. Yes. You know, and that, and Chris Lowry was a head coach, and he goes out there and and stirs it up a little bit, but he swings on a lot of big guys that can't close on. You need a closer. You need a young guy that's going to go out and get some dudes. Go look at Chester Frazier's Instagram if you have Instagram and just kind of like scroll through some of the comments and you see Barry in there and you see Cam in there joking around and poking fun at him. You need someone the players can relate to. You don't need this old staff that, you know, maybe they can coach basketball, but at the end of the day they don't get there. You know, how much have we criticized Bill Snyder and some of the coaches that were on his staff for just not getting his players, not having that relationship with them. You need something like that. And that's why I, and you know, if you read the VIP story that I put up about D Brown today, that's why I'm so in the camp of D Brown. Dude gets it. He can go into a living room and sell the fact that he was on a very successful basketball team and he was the national player of the year and an all American. And he can coach you into that. I think you need a guy like that. That's the route I would go if I was Bruce Weber. That's the hire that tells me they're they're in it. They're yeah, coach is going to retire in three four years, but we got stuff to do. We got games between now and then, and we got we're going to build this program to the point when coach retires that it's going to get passed on 
to someone else, and the program's going to keep going. If they just go hire someone from his past that is maybe on the decline of his career or, or completely unproven, it tells me all you could find is someone that would take the job because it's better than anything else they could possibly find, even though you might be gone. So I, I, that's, that's the guy I want. But, look, I know some people are like Shane Southwell. No, no, you do not. This is not, I didn't like the Chester Fraser hire because I don't think Kansas State is a starting job. Thank you. It shouldn't be a starting job. You only have three full-time assistant coaches in basketball, and one of them is an associate head coach, which is someone that's recognized as you got some teeth. You know, you've been around. You're Chris Lowry. You were a successful head coach. It wound down. You lost your job. Okay, but you're proven in the marketplace that you can coach. That's an associate head coach. And then with that, you should have two other guys, and they need to bring something to the table. And damn it, they need to bring someone to the table that can get it done on the recruiting trail. Because that's what's holding the program back. It's the same thing we talked about with Snyder football recruiting. They're getting some guys, but they're not getting enough guys. You shouldn't be talking about the kind of rebuild they're going to have to go through because you lost three players? Three? I mean, some programs lose seven. They'll yeah. have seven seniors. You lost yeah. three. Because the reality is a lot of the guys that are occupying your scholarships right now can't play, man. They're not of this level. They they recruited for the Valley and got mediocre to bad Valley players. But they do go get Big 12 players. They need to get more of that, and that's what I want to see from that, and that's why I'm with Riley. I want D. Brown. Last question of the second half from KSUCAT80. Of all of the coaches on your hot board to replace Frazier, who are your favorite coaches to hire and why? Well, I just mentioned D. Brown there um, just because uh, I guess I kind of listed the reasons. I I really like him. I just think he's – I think he's one step away from getting to the point – getting to a Kim English. You know, Kim English needed a chance, and now he's he's out at, at different Power Five schools. Um, you, know, I, I like Marcus Belcher. I think that was an interesting one that that we had on there, simply because I think there's a lot to be said about the continuity um, of a staff, and and if you have that many relationships, you know, player under Bruce, assistant with with Lowry, and and you played with with Corn, I, I think you've got a lot going for you um, in that direction. Paul Lusk interested me, but. I feel like it's a tough sell. Um, same with with the uh, with Kareem Richardson. So I feel like my top two w- would absolutely be D Brown um, as number one, and then Marcus Belcher as number two. That was just kind of th- my initial thoughts looking at it. Yeah, there's other ones in- intriguing to me. David Ragland on that list that he's out at Utah State, which has you know been okay. And there's just some guys. I Kareem Richardson I do find intriguing. Um, just because of familiarity, but he didn't do much at UMKC. But some guys are just better assistant coaches. Um, Chris Lowry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I like I like the guys on the staff uh, that they have in support roles. But just moving a dude up again just feels like the corn hire. You know, I I, I like corn a lot, but they looked and looked and looked and said, we're taking the obvious choice. Right, and I feel like if they're back in that boat, there's there's some issues here. Well, and I I, I think hell, we were talking about this on the boards. Uh, I was talking about with one of the one of the posters on the boards. They were arguing for Shane Southwell, and I said I like Shane. I think he could be Shane. a good coach someday. 
I don't think K-State's the right first job for him. And they said, well, what about Colin Klein? He's a foreign player, and he got her young. Colin was a GA, and then he went to Northern Iowa, and then he came to K-State. Right. I, I, we, we harp on Sean Snyder all the time. Football and Go basketball are different beasts. Yeah. Well, but in in this in that type of a mindset, we we harp on Sean Snyder that he needs to go out and prove it before he gets a job at K State or a high up job at K State. I feel the same way about the basketball coaches. Go I, prove to me, man. I want Shane Southwell to be a coach, not here first. I want him to go to the Valley or or go somewhere and prove that you can go get it done. I bet you he's going to be a good recruiter. I just don't want to gamble the future of Kansas State basketball on finding that out. Let's go. Let him go cut his teeth somewhere. That's exactly where I'm at. That's it for the second half of the Power Cap Podcast, sponsored by Fridge. Also, I forgot we were done. We got going on that one, and I forgot we were done. Yeah, it was a lot of speculation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think be, it and the sad thing is, is recruiting periods open in oh man. Sign period is today. Yeah. Sign period starts today. So, not great timing. Not great, Bob. And uh, But that's just the way it worked out. So, good. Uh, best of luck to Chester Frazier as he moves on to Virginia Tech. And Kansas State moves on without him. I think things will be fine. We'll see who they hire. This is the PowerCat Podcast. We will be back right after this break. The gang will return with more of the PowerCat Podcast. I'm trying to get a group text in on what everybody wants on the liquor store run, but my phone keeps auto-correcting liquor store to the fridge. A fridge or the fridge? The fridge. It just did it again. Well, the fridge is more than just a liquor store. The fridge has over 3,000 wines in stock, the area's largest selection of spirits and craft beers, plus they're back-to-back winners of Beverage Dynamics Retailer of the Year. Oh, I get it. Wow. Smartphone. Autocorrect your next liquor store visit to the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, 1150 Westport in Manhattan, online at fridgeliquor.com. For more than 20 years, there's only been one reliable source for exclusive and unmatched premium K-State sports news content. It's GoPowerCat.com. The tradition continues as Tim Fitzgerald, D. Scott Fritchin, and the other GoPowerCat sports experts continue their relentless coverage of K-State sports. So make sure you're subscribing to the one and only GoPowerCat. Hey, K-State fans, it's time to come home to GoPowerCat.com. Back to Fitz on the Power Camp Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Welcome back to the Power Camp Podcast. Worlds are losing. Imagine that. Except the bases are loaded. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm not paying much attention. Ducks on the pond. We have, uh, love, that's one of my favorite baseball slash. According to Cody Tapp, though, Adalberto Mondesi is coming to the plate, and he is 0 for 18 on the road this year. Well, that's weird. Got to break the streak eventually. A nice little 42-inch, 40, yeah, 42-inch TV in here in the little studio. And I mentioned it earlier. We've got a collection of photos up. That's really cool. You know, most of the room sound foam. We got one wall that has a print on it, and another wall that Kurt tied a closet, some closet doors, storage area. <clears throat> We've got six of the all-time great basketball players since we started our company in 1998. From left to right, Rodney Magruder, Jake Pullen. Michael Beasley, Cartier Martin, Barry Brown, and the one and only 
Jeremiah Massey. Hashtag my guy, Jeremiah Massey. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah Massey might be my favorite K-State player of all I'm time. I'm telling you what, if Jeremiah Massey had been the four on last year's team, they'd gone to the Final Four. <laughs> he played hard, man. He would have fit in perfectly. Yeah, he really would have. He, and plus, he wasn't just a you know a rebound defender guy. He could score. He was fun to watch. I gotta go find my Jeremiah Massey jersey. <laughs> I have it. Could you not? Him it's still fit. I bet I could squeeze into it. In the middle row, then we got four guys. Uh, it, it turned out this way: we <clears throat> we uh, picked out the players, and then we realized there was four quarterbacks. So we we're gonna put the quarterbacks up, and then Watts said, "Well, hold on." You've got six Kansas guys and four non-Kansas guys. They, the non-Kansas guys are Michael Bishop, Colin Klein, and and uh, Michael Beasley, Jonathan Beasley. We had two Beasleys on the wall, uh, and then Ben Lieber. So we put him up on that that row. Our good friend Ben, and and the lower row then is all Kansas guys. We had Jordy Nelson, Mark Semino, Darren Sproles, Terrence Newman, our friend Marcus Watts, and then my my good friend Dylan Meyer. Uh, God rest his soul. So uh, that's okay. But there might have been an asterisk on one or two of those Watts. It's Ron Prince uh, version, Marcus Watts. By He's the, way. the only one that's not in a Bill Snyder jersey. That was not intentional at all. <laughs> but, dead serious though. It's we the tried, only picture available. Well, we tried to get one of him in a Bill jersey, and the only one of him in a Bill jersey was not good. It was not a good picture. The intent was to put. The injury photo. I wanted a really good photo <laughs> of him with his legs sticking straight out being loaded into the ambulance, but we couldn't find any because Marcus played football a long time ago. Didn't we find one of him, like, of Bill talking to him, or am I making that up I in my head? I remember that. Okay. For some reason, I can, like, picture a picture Bill in my head. Bill down of, and talking to him. Did we uh, find him on Google? Yeah, maybe? yeah. We found no, him on that, Google. It was too low res. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's what it was. That would have been hilarious, though. Oh, that would have been good. I know. It's still a cool jersey. We hate on Ron Prince. I like the Ron Prince jersey until I put the Band-Aid on the shoulder. I like the jerseys better. I mean, I do. I like the K-State under the throat. Mm -hmm. I do. I think it says who you are. People turning on TV need to know that. But, yeah, it's really cool little wall, TV above, a little mini helmet down there signed by my guy Dylan and a Bill Snyder signed football and all the rest of our toys and our podcasting island right here. And the new WTC Gig Pirate Studios. Hey, we're brought to you by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Now, make sure you get into the fridge um, and uh, buy lots of stuff. Uh, I, You know, I make a lot of jokes about the fridge and going in there and get Die Hard and all that. But, man, it is, it's just a quality operation. It is extremely well run. And now it's a whole new world with the liquor laws in Kansas changing. Uh, you can go buy beer in a grocery store. You can get any, you know. Get what you need there if your needs are basic, but you will never defeat the kind of service and attention and knowledge you will get from the folks at the fridge. So get on into the fridge and uh, get the good stuff. I mean, they know their their beers, and, you know, Sam working the produce counter isn't going to be able to help you figure out, figure out what IPAs they have at your local grocery store. Sam's probably a nice guy, but... Or he's a total beer snob. Yeah. I wouldn't buy my beer here. I buy my beer at the fridge. I don't know why Sam sounds like he's from Europe. I have no idea. Royal scored. It's a miracle. Here we go. It's the overtime period, and this overtime is brought to you by our YouTube channel. (laughs) Yeah. 
because Zach still wants you to go sign up the YouTube channel. It's not just Zach. I do too. Riley does too. Get on over to sign up the YouTube channel. And you're, yeah, it's free. Content, it's button. free, man. Just do it. Subscribe. I subscribe to all kinds of YouTube channels. And I know you people use YouTube. Like, the way you said that just made it sound like you subscribe to some questionable YouTube I channels. Know, I know. I subscribe to some channels. I, you know? Well, yeah. I don't know what I know you people YouTube are on YouTube. Just get on YouTube. Just like, <laughs> and there's got, an app. <laughs> and honestly, the reason why we're on there is we can get everything up quickly. Uh, and when we're put up something through the CBS player, which is really a big part of our business, there's kind of a lag time. We've got to send it off, and it's got to be put in. Uh, so this allows us to do that. And, and, it's just and kind it of exists a, on the Internet forever yeah, in one just, place. It's a good resource for you to have everything right there. Uh, we do so much free content. Um, and it's a whole other – there's like two streams to our business. There's the free stream and the VIP stream. It's a different concept from 24-7 Sports. And even if you're not a subscriber, you'll enjoy the site. But go subscribe to the site. 30% alpha annual subscriptions from now until whenever. There doesn't seem to be an end to it, but go do it. Go get your 30% off your annual subscription. First get, year only. Yeah, you get one crack at it, folks. None of this. Do it. Cancel. Do it. Cancel. None of that. Uh, we will track you down. Riley Gates will show up at your door. Yo. That didn't sound like Riley at all. Uh, hey, man. What you what doing? The hell? What, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Here we go. Your questions from Wildbass Station as we go into the overtime. I hope it's good. Man, I hope you guys didn't suck this week. Quick shout-out before I start. Um, okay. I went to a local gambling facility last evening. Oh, yeah. Degenerate. Yeah. And uh, I was told that uh, they enjoyed someone someone that I know. So I'm in there like, hey, I like listening to you on the podcast. I don't talk very much, but shout-out to Look at my, that. Yeah. They think you're a fine question. Well, asker. you know what that means is someone yeah. actually they they listen they intently listen to the podcast, because yeah. if you're just like sometimes you can have it on the background, you know, you're doing stuff. It's like, oh, okay, this fits. Oh, this Riley. If you know that Zach's talking, yeah, whoosh, look at you, you we're, listen. We're popular. Or so. maybe they're just obsessed with you, and they got photos of you in their bedroom. And when Riley and I are talking, they turn away. But when your voice comes on, they whip their head back around and go, Zach. <laughs> and, and the overtime has begun. <laughs> So shout out to Craig Ackman. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening, man. Craig, I, pretending uh, like you weren't going to say his name. Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> I was going to say it. Craig, uh, go ahead and uh, shoot me a photo of your wall of Zach. I know you have one. I hope you made it to first hour this morning. Uh, from Powercat Ryan, uh, what would it take for you to watch a Royals game in its entirety? Whoa, how cool! What a coincidence! We're doing it right now. I, I got to be dead honest with you guys. I love watching the Royals. And, like, if I go to a game, I won't miss a pitch. I watch it all, you know. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll have the game on while I'm grilling or something like that, and, and I'll watch the game. But, like, on a Wednesday, Tuesday night, yeah. I get home from work, I make some food, and then, like, you know, whether I play PlayStation or I just hang out, whatever, I'm really not watching the Royals because they just aren't very fun to sit there for four hours or whatever and watch the bullpen blow another lead. Yeah, That's where I'm at, and it's only April. Well, I'm not a person that... I've always been a Royals fan, but uh, I don't sit and watch an entire baseball game it's unless tough. it has real meaning. It's tough. I mean, it's a big series or postseason. I just, even in their really good years, I probably watched only a handful of games from start to finish, and those are the ones I'm attending. You know, I, I could be watching you know, something really important on TV, and if it goes to commercial, I flip. <laughs> you know, and then I forget 30 minutes later, like, oh, I was watching something. So... Yeah, just the nature of me. But, yeah, it's frustrating to invest 
the first two hours and the last hour of the the movie sucks because yeah. that's the, when the bullpen comes in. <laughs> From Yao Power, uh, he went or she went to the Ville on Saturday after the showcase, and every bar that they went to was empty at 10 p.m. Is this the new norm? Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, I want to know what bars, though. I, I do want to know what bars. There are some bars that have people in it, but because like Annie Mae's doesn't like i think a lot of people like it but it's not a very packed crowd usually i don't think i've been in there was pretty packed really Mm -hmm. okay maybe i just went on two bad nights then and i've been at lucha so long they're always packed at 10 o'clock yeah i mean there's there's two different types of bars in manhattan the ones that serve almost exclusively the student body the ones that skew a little bit older lucha so long annie mays um tanners is one that kind of bridges the gap a little bit maybe a little bit on the older side and kites is a little bit on the younger side but has an older crowd that goes to it porters maybe that way but there's porters is getting (laughs) porters is getting popular (laughs) yeah you know those bars kind of surge and decline surge and decline through the years but yeah the new norm is you don't come out till well it used to be 11 now we're seeing midnight and and this generation you know riley's generation there's a lot of social media stuff going on. Uh, you know, the drinking laws in the state of Kansas, you just have house parties and you go to that, hang out. You got friends. Even if you're 21, half your friends are probably still 20. It's not even Kansas. It's just RCPD, really. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I also think there's a lot to be said. Stupid for, law. There's a lot to be said for, I think back in your day, you guys would, you could hit up two or three bars in a night. And go to different ones, or you know, maybe you went to one one weekend, and then the next weekend you didn't go to a single different. You know, maybe you bounced around a whole lot more than other people did. Anymore, everybody that's a student goes to cause. That's what they do. It's it's the popular thing. You go to cause, and if you don't go to cause, you go to yard bar, which, which is, is also cause. That's what you do. So there's not as many people going to you know fats and and going. And I think there's a good crowd or a decent crowd at every bar, but. Not that many people want to go to Tate's as a student. Everybody goes to college just because it's the popular place. They have the cheapest drinks, and it's where you're going to probably see more of your friends. So I have a feeling Meow Power did not go to cause that night. I feel like he walked by Tate's, saw it was empty because it's it's a it's Tate's is empty. Tate's is a late night. Tate's is empty until one a.m. <laughs> then one a.m. hits and you're like, why is this packed now? <laughs> it's either packed or it's empty. There's no in between. Uh, cause you can walk by it and you're like where is everybody and they're all in house party and then it starts to flood out because there gets too many people there yeah at about 11 o'clock cause gets really really packed everywhere and all of their bars um i mean if you got if you wanted to tell us which bar you went to i could provide you yeah, an explanation as can, to why that bar was we not can very analyze populated. your night here i will let you know <laughs> tubby's is usually pretty pretty full yeah, Plus, uh, yeah, like going to one of my but... favorite bars, because I'm friends with the owner, Dirt, Dirty Dogs, there's no windows. So you're walking over there and like, man, I bet you it's dead. And you walk in and you're like, holy crap, this place is packed. It's just so weird. It's also out there, you know. It's not it's on the so main street. Away. It's on a, it's like on the eastern, it's like Hawaii of Aggieville. <laughs> yes, you're a part of it, but you're kind of not. It's like you're in the, you're not in the lower 48 of bars here so go ahead and make a post on the message board tell us which bar you went to and i'll provide you an analysis as to why that was not a very populated bar i'm just gonna say it aggieville isn't nearly as fun as it used to be it's not nearly as populated as it used to be um and that's part generation part drinking laws part over enforcement people are reluctant to go to aggieville even if they're of drinking age because 
there's just so many cops. It looks like a war zone. It looks like a dangerous place, and it's not. RCPD has intentionally, under its former leadership, intentionally tried to hurt the business district by making it look like uh, a dangerous place. And they would, if they had a beef with a bar owner, they would park a cruiser in front with its lights on. I can tell you it's not for lack of my trying that Aggieville might not be as populated. You do put it in its effort. I'm proud of you, kid. <laughs> Very proud of you. From also from Meow Power, what did you guys think of Tigers' win on Saturday or on on Sunday? In my in in your opinion, was it one of the greatest sports moments of all time? I am not a Tiger guy. I just want to say that right up front. I'm not a Tiger guy. I'm really not a golf person, even though I grew up in a golf household. Uh, you talk about watching the Royals being born. I find golf just painfully boring. Uh, and I didn't flip over until he was on the 16th hole, maybe finishing up the 15th. And I watched it, and it was really cool. I'm not a Tiger guy, but it was really cool uh, because it was really a story of redemption, both physically and what he went through when his life crumbled because it came out he was a scumbag, basically. And he kind of had to you know, reinvent himself, and I'm sure that golf is so mental. Having all that out on the table probably really was a distraction for him. His back was bad, other injuries. It was a cool story, a cool moment in sports, and I appreciate it. And if you haven't read Joe Poznanski's column about it, um, just Google it. Go find it. It was it was the best piece of sports writing. It was a timeless piece of sports writing. It's the kind of sports writing that got me into sports writing that we don't see much of anymore. It was beautiful storytelling that happened to be about sports. Do you want to take a crack at this first or me? I don't care. I'll go I mean, blasted. I just, you can tell me everything you want about Tiger Woods, and I'm not ever going to say that you're wrong for disliking him. I don't think you should cheat on your wife. I don't think you should overuse drugs. I don't think any of that. But I do believe that in life you you screw up a lot. You screw up a lot in life, and you do some really stupid stuff, whether it's on a big scale nationally or a small scale inside of your own family. And Tiger Woods fell on hard times, and he had his his human problems. The only difference between him and you listening to this is that he is the most influential athlete in the world currently and potentially all time. So it got broadcasted on a big scale. And then it broke my heart to watch him come back from that and just physically not be able to walk. You know, one of the best golfers of all time, I think the best golfer, and he can't swing a club without collapsing in the ground in pain. And it broke my heart because it, it sucked. He, like everybody always says, he made golf cool. He made golf cool to play. And so that's why I love Tiger Woods. And I've been cheering for him since the second he you know, won the U.S. Open in 2008 with a torn ACL, and I wanted him to do it again. I wanted Tiger Woods to have success. I wanted him to win a major. And I've cheered for him at every single one. And to watch him go into Sunday sporting the red mock turtleneck, the black cap, the Tiger Woods that we all know, and to be Tiger Woods of old, you know, when everybody else was collapsing, when everybody else was getting nervous, when everybody else was rolling dice that you don't roll at Augusta, when you're attacking the pin, um, when you should be going left on that green. And to see him not give in, to see him stay maintained, composed, and to to win that golf tournament was amazing. But the moments after, hugging his son, that was amazing. 
uh, being embraced by other golfers and just seeing the smile on his face. I mean, I could do a whole podcast about how happy I was to watch him win the Masters. I was on cloud nine. It was a great day. Yeah, it was awesome. I would say that Tiger defines the millennial generation. If you're a millennial, you grew up watching Tiger Woods. If you play golf and you're a millennial, it's probably because of Tiger Woods. He bridges a generational gap there. He ties the millennials to to my generation because I made a joke on Twitter that apparently offended some people uh, about <laughs> it really, there's so many middle class white, because that's, that's me. You know, I feel like I can talk about that. It's me that are such big Tiger fans and they're so excited. He, they, they act like he's part of the family. You know, it's like George Brett to, to Royals fans. It'd be like you know, all of a sudden, Brett coming out and hitting 300 again. This is so substantial, but he ties generations together. And what's fun about watching Tiger now is, in the period that he was gone. So let's 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 take the period before when he was dominant. It was basically him. He right. was by himself. You had right. David Duvall was his first kind of main rival that he was you know toe to toe with. Then kind of Phil, but Phil really didn't win majors until he was much older, until the Masters in 04. And they hated Tiger, each other. Tiger was. Dominant, and then he kind of he fell off. He loses to Y.E. Yang, and it's kind <laughs> of over at that point. He had other but, Yang problems too, but that's a different topic. But <laughs> after that loss, you know, after he loses the PGA there, you know, he falls off for ten years basically. In that time, you have the kids that grow up. They they talk about the class of 2011 of golfers like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. You know all of those young guys that really are quite frankly my age, um, that came onto the scene that watched Tiger, grew up watching Tiger, admired Tiger. The Tiger made them essentially, and it was fun. It, it's it was fun watching golf when Tiger wasn't there because there were so many good up and comers that anybody could win on any given day and even if tiger was there they would be going toe-to-toe with him and like tiger would not have an easy time like he had in the past golf has evolved so much in the last you know eight to ten years in equipment in personal training in mental game um you know everything else recovery tiger made golfers athletes and he's a part of why Everything was so competitive over the last, you know, eight, nine years right. with the with these guys. And it was really fun. Just forget forget Tiger being in the mix. There were six people that were either tied or in the lead on the back nine of the Masters. <laughs> it was who, the greatest Masters who, ever. Had who to be. cares? Who cares who the guys were? But you look at the guys that were in the mix, it's incredible. The game of golf went from Ben Hogan to Arnold Palmer to Jack Nicklaus. And then there was a window in there where, yeah, there were some great golfers, Tom Watson, but there weren't stars like those guys. Then along comes Tiger. And he really saved golf from a a point in time where it was kind of off this, you know, sporting lexicon. You know, you talked about other things, but he brought it right back to the front. But he was so dominant. In some ways, it wasn't completely healthy. But you're exactly right, Zach. He created the new generation that has been so fun to watch in his absence. And now the thought of adding him into the mix of all the great golfers that are on tour right now, are, is there a, a Tiger Nicholas type of guy? Maybe not yet, but there's certainly Mickelson, Seve Ballesteros, Tom Watson type guys. Uh 
it's really it's going to be fun if Tiger can stay at this level, watching him compete against all the golfers that he helped create, going to be pretty cool. It's really going to be cool. If he doesn't win another mat or another major, I'm okay. Like I want him to break Jack's record, but. He deserved yeah. one more. He deserved one more, and he got it. And it was the freaking was, Masters. That's I'm glad amazing. it was the Masters. Hearing people talk about uh, the sound on the golf course when it's Tiger. The tiger roar. Uh, only was probably matched in history by Arnie's Army. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Nicholas didn't really have this. Uh, it It's cool, man. It's cool. It means a lot. He's just He's a lightning rod. People love him, or some people hate him, but by God, they watch him. You cannot deny the TV ratings when Tiger's good, and I'm a perfect example of it. I am not a Tiger fan. I'm not like, and I'm not a big golfer. My mom, I grew up in a golf household. I, I don't have the patience for the sport, but I've watched it and I, I've reported on it. Uh, you know, Tiger's a great golfer, but I don't worship him. But by God, I turned on the Masters. On Sunday, or to watch him finish this off because it's that big a story. I mean, it's fun going to tournaments, and you know where Tiger's at on the course just because you see this herd of people just following him. And it's fun to watch Tiger really for only a couple holes being a part of that, and then you go, you know, post up somewhere else. But like I went to the PJ last year, it's almost like that for most of the top guys now. Like you can't get anywhere close to Jordan Speed. I mean, Jordan Speed has people like that, you know, uh, Justin Thomas. Uh, who else? Rory. Um, Hell, Bryson you know, has it anymore. Bryson. I mean, you know, Ricky Fowler. Like all these guys. You know, DJ. All these. All these guys have people mobbing, mobbing them. And anymore, it's kind of you have to pick a spot and just kind of watch everybody through once. You know, to be able to see everybody. But you know, it's it's crazy that it's not just an army of Tiger fans anymore. It's it's packed everywhere. Thanks for letting us rant about golf. I was really happy that question was in there. Better than uh, that Fortnite crap. (laughs) (laughs) Um, From AZCat05, who leaves or retires first, Bruce Weber or Bill Self? I think Bruce Weber. I'm saying Bill Self. If Bill Self didn't leave this year, he's not going to leave because the hammer's not going to come. Has he not left yet? He announced last night he will absolutely be the coach of Kansas next year. So Greg Popovich is not retiring? I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know. He will absolutely be the coach of KU as of last night for next year. That's, That's fair. Exactly. That's, exactly. Look, I just I look at Bill Self as the guy that we all sit here and we can all point to things and be like, oh, oh, yeah, he's going to leave soon. And then it just never happens. Or he does a Billy Donovan and says, I'm coaching the Magic, and then the next day he's like, I'm coaching Florida again. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> that was really weird. I, my, my, my gut says Bruce Weber. Okay. I think yeah, self-belief. I say, I say Bill. I, and in some ways I want it to be, want Bill Self to stay so that this can be proven that this wasn't an aberration, that the conference is hunting him down and catching up. Because Tech went out and proved this wasn't about KU being bad. This is about other teams being at KU's level. Maybe KU came down a little bit, but Tech was a legitimate team. And Kansas State and conference play played at their level. 
from Purple Poncho Villa. How much enjoyment do you get from watching Zachary question from infected testicle during the podcast? He's so uncomfortable with it. It's so funny. That scream name never gets old, and he slash she deserves to have a question read on every podcast, in my opinion, just so we get to hear Zach pause before he reads who the question is I really from. want them to seek treatment. Hey, That's what it, I want. I want them to solve this issue. If infected testicle would ask a question on every podcast thread, I would put a put him or her in every single podcast question thread because it's funny zach gets uncomfortable and then he always talks about how we shouldn't allow it and shouldn't i shouldn't allow it, it. Should i love be banned. it it's funny i i gotta say this you can criticize go Powercat for things but you can't say we don't have a strong screen name game going on right oh here. it's so good we got i mean when purple purple my, purple my nurple you know that's <laughs> i don't know it's funny it's pretty good at least a little appropriate <laughs> There's nothing wrong with infected testicle. No, well, there, there is no, something wrong with it. there is something wrong. It's just, it's yeah, just, it's infected. Uh, it's infected. Yeah, it's got to get some treatment. It's probably just an ingrown hair, anyhow. At what point does an infected testicle die off and fall off, or does it get better? <laughs> I, I, because are you like, asking him to leave our <laughs> message boards? I'm just saying, like, at some point, there's got to be a, st- a change in status, like some antibiotics. You, you know nice. what I mean? Like it's like healthy testicle now. <laughs> I mean, I can think Fritz, of. A, can you uh, can you change my screen name to cured testicle? I can think of a few screen names on our old site that, if you want to look at it like that, definitely should have been changed years ago. But they never were. There was always an issue. Whatever. From I Like Pickles Cat, with the new studio, is it possible to get a video segment every so often where we can ask recruiting questions? Oh, like a live. I think he just means as like, in like well because we have VIP Wally video available. I think he means like because we have VIP video that we put behind a paywall, so we could literally just record us talking. And the problem is, you, there's no place to put podcasts yeah. behind a paywall. Right? You're gonna have to listen to. You're gonna have to watch it yeah. as a video on Vimeo. That's yeah. the way to do it. That's one of my problems with podcasts. I don't want to put my podcast behind their paywall. That's it. people are like, well, you can't be charging people for podcasts. You know, just not, there's not a market for, you know, like if someone wanted to go with a VIP-only podcast. And so none of the podcasting companies have a paywall. I just want the same thing Vimeo offers, an ability to put the coding behind right. a paywall so that the code sits behind the paywall. We should, like, see. I don't know. Can you upload audio to Vimeo? Yeah. I mean, it's just a black, it'd be a black screen. And embed the Vimeo? Yeah, the problem with the problem with Vimeo is is it just you wouldn't be able to have a you wouldn't be able to watch it like you, you, with your phone screen off. Like yeah, your phone screen yeah. would be need to be on your your computer screen would be yeah. need to be on. It just doesn't work, man. It's just, it's, just, it's frustrating. I, I want someone, and I hope this is one of the things I'm going to hit up CBS. We need to have a way to put podcast material behind a paywall so that we can take the overtime or take. You know, we're we're looking at breaking the overtime off into a separate fun Friday podcast where look, this is the nonsense one. Don't don't listen to it at all if you don't want this. Uh and then then have the overtime on this podcast become a VIP separate stream, but it would be behind the paywall and only accessible to members. But yeah, we the bigger question is with the new studio, we're not there yet. We still need to do things, but we are going to be able to put up webcams, uh, really bring in guests via Skype or whatever uh, if we want to do that. We're going to be able to do video things in the podcasting studio that will be pretty cool. It just takes a little more technology yeah. build out. Can't promise anything yet, but we got some 
We got some stuff in the works. We're looking at some things. We'll get there. Yep. We'll have some new stuff. Last question of the podcast from I Like Pickles Cat. It's not about golf again. No. Long podcast. Will this be the last weekly podcast of the 2018-19 season? I want to keep going. I'm, he's yeah. going to do a spool thing after a bit, but Woo. I got to do something in the summer. Yeah. Might just be Riley and I. Maybe we'll, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about golf for an entire podcast. Maybe we'll talk about the quarterbacks for an entire podcast. I don't know. We can do all kinds of stuff. We don't need. We have a studio. We got to use. Even Zach this now. has a, a a fan. We don't need Zach. a fan. <laughs> we can. Life will go on. Oh, we had a fight in the Royals game. Wow, look at that. Look at them. Eh, they're not really fighting. They're kind they're of milling about. There. Hey, how you doing, Joe? I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll, we're going to keep going. We'll keep going. Why not? We need to. We're going to shift some attention over to uh, shooting some video stuff, but we'll we'll keep going. Riley and I'll be in here. I'm going to take some vacation and do some things, but I got some vacation coming up in May. Go to the U.S. Open. When is that? It's in June. Okay. I'm going to go to Hawaii in July, and then I have a wedding also in July. But uh, we'll we'll promise this. We'll keep going through April. Yeah. Maybe in maybe so maybe one more week. Early May. Yeah. I mean, we'll, and we'll still do. I mean, at some point, you run out of things to talk about. Right. But also, if there's we good can questions, talk. yeah, we got to get the questions. Is the thing. I mean, that's the way this for, this podcast is formatted. I don't want a podcast where we just sit around for an hour and talk about topics we want to talk about. I want the subscribers, and that's why uh, you know we've experimented with bringing in Twitter questions, and I, I decided no, I just want. It would be a perk of membership to ask the questions. You know, other everyone can listen to it, but um, a perk of membership to ask the questions. And I like this format. Now, will we bring in other formats, uh, other podcasts we'll bring in guests? Absolutely. That is in the works for next year. But not this podcast. This podcast is what it is, and I really like this format. And that's it for this podcast. Brought to you by The Fridge. This has been brought to you by our brand-new podcasting studio, the WTC Gig Pirate Studios. A lot of studio in there. I like how you read it off the wall. I, I got to look right over Where your head. We got the sign in the first place. Yeah. Do we need to move the sign central? No, Zach. I'm, I'm faking looking at you. So if we're ever on video, it looks like I'm looking at you, but I'm looking right over your head to WTC Gig Pirate Studios. There's a reason why that sign's there. I thought of all of this stuff. <laughs> I knew I'd have someone to my left. Because, like, if you're not here, I'd imagine Riley will move over here to this microphone. So you can look, because you're not going to remember. <laughs> Pretty comfortable in this seat right here. We're just going to put all of our reeds on <laughs> on matted squares. Oh, we got the fridge full of liquor on that side. We Behind know. me. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks. We really appreciate it. We'll keep plugging away at this for a couple more weeks at least, if not longer. This has been GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.